I don't even know what I knew what I was what I was stepping into at that, that age. Um, but you know, it's served me well, so I'm happy I made that decision. But welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie on this show. My job is to track down the best goalies in our sport and find out what makes them so great. What are the stories they can tell us? What are the mindsets that they have, even the drills that they do? How do they approach this position? And hopefully with each episode, you can pick out a few things, perhaps apply them to your own lacrosse goalie game. My guest on the show this week is Villanova goalie Will Vuitton. Will is a grad student at Villanova, and this just this year became the all-time wins leader for Villanova. He's, he's been starting since his freshman year, which makes sense that he's now the all-time wins leader, perhaps one of the most unique stances in the game. We talked quite a bit about his style of play, about his big eyes technique, uh, really breaking down some saves and some cool high-def footage. Um, so definitely, if you're just listening to the audio version of this, make sure you head on over to, um, to YouTube or even the blog post and you can see the video breakdown that I do with Will. Awesome, awesome young man. A great career at Villanova. Please enjoy this episode with Will Vuitton. Before we begin this episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own, Lax Goalie Rat Academy. If you're looking to level up your youth's lacrosse goalie game with the best coaches in this sport, the best training tools, and the best goalie community, that's what the Lax Goalie Rat Academy is all about. It's virtual training tools. It's going to give your young goalie the confidence to be great so they can go out there, play well, and make you that proud goalie mom or proud goalie dad. There's over 130 hours of content on different areas like drills, techniques, the mental game, lacrosse IQ, offense, defense, how to how to play uh, one-on-one defense. There are stringing tutorials. And there's even sessions on <clears throat> how to coach goalies along with physical training. Everything you need to level up your youth lacrosse goalie game from the best coaches out there, PLL, Athletes Unlimited Coaches, myself, Coach Damon Wilson. Put a ton of effort into this academy. I think it's an amazing training resource. You can join for just 40 bucks a month, Netflix models. So you come in. 40 bucks for your first month. Stay as long as you want. Cancel any time. We also do live coaching sessions, or I should say I do live coaching sessions about once a month, so you can join those, ask me questions, or really just connect with any number of lacrosse goalie moms, dads, or youth goalies out there. To join, go to laxgoalierat.com slash camp, C-A-M-P, laxgoalierat.com slash C-A-M-P, camp, and you can get Started for just 40 bucks for your very first month. Laxgoalyrat.com slash camp. Hope to see you there. Take care. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome to the po- to the podcast. It's Will Vuitton, Villanova's starting goalie. Uh, Will, welcome to the show. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here and um, you know, I'm looking forward to talking with you. All right. Well, let's do it. Uh, to jump right in, I always like to hear the story of uh, of of when you first jumped into gold. Do you remember that as a youth? Yeah. So um, it was roughly like fifth fifth grade or sixth grade, something around then. Um, our goalie kind of was a no show for that day, and you know, I just kind of decided I would step up for I don't know why. Kind of just thought it might be fun. Ended up playing in that practice, felt pretty good about it. The next day was the tournament. Um, couldn't really think about, you know, not wanting to do it because you were the guy that stepped up the day before. So you kind of have to step up the next day. And ultimately, I thought I played pretty well. And um, I think some of my uh, my friends thought so, too, and kind of encouraged me to keep going. My mom wasn't as happy with that decision. Um, that's because, you know, she doesn't want to see her, her son get shelled with shots all the time. So, um I, for the next two years or a year, I was uh, kind of a hybrid player. So I'd, I'd be playing midfield um, and then goalie at um, like probably like the first or second half for a little bit. Um, but my mom wanted me to, you know, have those two years. And then if she said, if you still want to play goalie after those, after that time, um, then, you know, all glory to you. So that's kind of where I started. Um, definitely probably a, I feel like it might be a similar story to other people where you kind of step up, not knowing you're going to do it. And you kind of, you, you fall in love with the position. Um, but my mom and dad like seeing me run out there. Cause I was more of a, an early age, I like to run around and, you know, I was typically a bit faster than some other people, you know, that's a different story nowadays. Um, <laughs> so I think they got a little discouraged not seeing me being able to run around all the time, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of how it started. Love it. Love it. Well, you, so you're, you're one of the stories of team needed a goalie and I stepped up. Um, what do you think it, what do you think it was about the position that you like so much? Um, there's a lot of good things. I think, you know, maybe in that situation, when I first stepped up, getting that, you know, those compliments, um, and, and feeling like you almost won the game there was something that was, it, it felt good. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously there's two ends to that stick and you can get put with a lot of blame on that specific position, but at an early age, you know, no one's really, you know, trying to push you down. Um, even if I didn't play that well, my memory of the situation was that I was really good. So I think just, um, I don't know, being in a position to, you know, Constantly make your presence felt is something I like. Um, and I, I think that's kind of to this day, kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. I like that too. I like that too. I remember uh, when I was in MIDI and like, you know, I'd see the goalie like make a save and everyone would be like, Oh, way to go. And like, I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then they asked me to switch to goalie and I'm like, yeah, like, and, and then it happened to me, right? Like, in my very first save, it just hit me right off the face mask. And people were like, yeah, Damon, like, yeah. You're, and you're just like, I mean, I was just there, right? I just stood there and made the save. And and yet everyone's got my back. So that's that's a real good feeling. And hopefully, exactly. hopefully all the, the cross clubs around the world, like, you know, that culture, like, continues. Because goalie's a tough position. And, like, you got to give the goalies some love when they make a, when they make a save. Totally. And no, yeah. one, no one wants to step in that position all the time. and. Um, you know, I don't even know what I knew what I was, what I was stepping into at that, that age, um, <laughs> but you know, it's it served me well. So I'm happy I made that decision, but yeah, I totally agree. 
Yeah. Now, did they get you padded up at that young age, like shin guards and maybe some goalie pants or no, just, just the normal stuff? Yeah, just the normal stuff. Um, I think my buddy, one of my best friends is actually, he played goalie and he was really good, um, but he didn't really like the position. So I think he lived a couple couple houses down next to me. So I think I borrowed some of his stuff for that for that game. Um, but no, I've they weren't putting me in any extra pads. Um, okay. Luckily at that age, I think, the speed enough was was probably pretty slow. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, that that ball does not feel good if it's coming at two miles per hour or a hundred. So yeah. Um, I saw that I saw too that you know you mentioned you played in the in the field uh half the time and you're also a big ice hockey guy. Yeah. So what what do you think um you know those two elements kind of added to your lacrosse goalie game? Yeah. Um I'd still say hockey is probably my favorite sport growing up. That was just a big thing for me. Uh, I also, you know, playing in the field or, you know, being a forward was really nice just because you get scored on a ton in, in lacrosse. Being able to have the opportunity to, you know, have a goal yourself is is a pretty good feeling. So, but in terms of, you know, qualities that kind of transferred, I'd say is, Ability to think quickly. Uh, mm, it's a really yeah. fast sport, and if you make a wrong decision, you're you're either your butts on that on the ice, or you know, probably you're giving up a pretty high high scoring chance. So, I'd say being able to you know figure things out at a fast speed is is something that's very beneficial. Uh, in terms of skill wise, I'd say hand speed has been something that um, is super important as a goalie. Um, so. Constantly being able to work on your stick skills, ultimately transferred into, you know, better hand speed, uh, smoothness, and those are things that helped me in cage for sure. Um, so I don't know, just I think playing a different sport is super beneficial in in so many aspects. Uh, even just a mental break for goalies, it's not easy to go twenty four seven. Uh, being in this mental focus of trying to save the ball you know it's not an easy position and you know I think people need that break and have some fun and hockey was kind of my outlet for that and at the time I probably didn't really think about it like that but uh, you know it served me so well and still play whenever I can so all right great that's a good point about reading the play because, you know, hockey's, I mean, more than lacrosse, hockey's moving like yeah. real fast, right? I mean, it's sliding, puck sliding, players are moving faster. And so you really have to like be able to just quickly read the play and make the right decision. And that certainly translates into lacrosse and being able to like see what the offense is doing, right? And just kind of reading the play real quick. And as a goalie, then adjusting your position and being in the right spot at the right time uh, to, to maximize your chances of making a save. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I also think that ice hockey, uh, I mean, just this, like the physical act of skating is like very similar to like what we do as goalies to make saves, like pushing off that back foot and like, you know, kind of striding at an angle or totally or, or, but yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, I mean, I even recommend that a lot of goalies do the, the skaters, you know, the, the, on, on um, just with their feet, right? Jumping back and forth. Cause that's, those are the muscles that we really engage when we make saves. Yeah. And I remember um, doing some like training stuff for hockey when I was younger. And I don't know, you know, those slide boards. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's like the same kind of concept where, you know, I'm, you're pushing off with that back foot and 
you know, making sure when you get to the other side, your, your whole body's balanced. Um, it definitely is very similar to, um, you know, the position of goalie. And even this year we have one in our weight room and, um, I'll bring that out, a, you know, a couple of times because, you know, I'm not getting on the ice, so I don't have that ability to, you know, be constantly do those push-offs with, um, and it's just working different muscles. So, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's probably you're, you're working it at a higher speed just because you're, you're doing something different. Um, but yeah, I, I really like using that thing. So, and, and I probably, because I just consider it a hockey move. That's why I probably like to use it, but yeah, it's helped me out. Yeah. Love it. So at that young age, then how do you go about, you, you know, you like the position, um, maybe your parents, not as much, but <laughs> you're enjoying the position, enjoying making saves. How do you go about then like learning how to make more saves on a consistent basis? There's some, some coaching going on, some camps. How, how did you learn the position? Yeah. So I went through my fair share of goalie coaches, um, and went through definitely a good amount of goalie camps. So when I vividly remember was the Loyola goalie camp uh, that one was at a young age was really fun for me you're just kind of with, you know you're it's kind of just you're being yourself out there uh, getting some college experience shots uh, but I'd say I had a lot of goalie coaches and I would pick up a thing from each one mm. I think where the reason I kept switching was because uh I was more on the impression that it was, I don't want to fully switch my, the way I played to, you know, accommodate a different person's perspective on the position. And that's not saying that their, their perspective is wrong. I I've come to realize that I think this is what I teach, you know, whenever I'm giving goalies, goalie lessons is there's certain fundamentals that you should be, you should understand, uh, you know, whether that's your overall position in the cage, um, footwork type of thing. But if you want to play high arc, if you want to play low arc, if you want to play tall, if you want to play low, it's like, if it's working for you, then I think you should stick with it. Um, and yeah, ultimately, I think the reason I ended up making more saves was because, you know, I was able to pick up different things from different guys, kind of molded into one thing. Um, and then I'd say just, getting on the field, uh, you know, there's no, you can do as many lessons as you want, but I think getting, you know, reps is, is the one way you're going to get better at seeing shots and being able to, to judge it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say being on a club team really helped me. Yeah. yeah I want, I want to talk about that <clears throat> um, concept that you just uh, brought up because I believe what you said hundred percent. I think there's different ways to play the position. It's not a one size fits all. I mean, someone asked me, I was, I did another podcast and someone asked me what my goalie training philosophy was. And that's kind of like my number one thing is that like, you know, there's a lot of different ways to play this position. It's kind of like a golf swing or a baseball swing where like a lot of guys do it differently. Right. Um, and it, and it really depends on a lot of factors. And one of them is just how you are as an athlete, right? Like a big tall dude, is going to play a swing the bat differently than a short little quick guy. And, and same thing with the goalie. Right. Um, totally. so, so yeah, I love that. I love that aspect. Um, what did, are there, do you remember specific things that like, Oh, I, I picked this from this guy, or I learned this from this guy. And I still use that in my game today. Ooh. Um, I remember 
you know, even if it's just like simple drills picking up for some 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 guys. I like Peter Badgerly. Um, he was a summit guy, went to Providence. Um, just doing like quick hands, like getting a getting a teammate, um, obviously another goalie and using your top hand and you know, having two balls and quickly throwing at each other. Um, your hand speed mm-hmm. gets really quick. You're you're ultimately it's kind of a you you do it until someone drops it. So you try to treat it like a bit of a competition. So you're a bit more dialed in and kind of treat it like um a situation but that's just like kind of a quick thing to do you know off the field uh, i think for me other things i picked up was um i think there was like one coach i had more fundamentals on where it was like i'm learning how to do a five-step arc um i'm figuring out you know whether or not i like to go low crease high crease mid crease i ultimately kind of you know self in between what i like to do at an early early age, I'd say more. Right now, I'm kind of a mid guy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just something I figured out. Um, I I think at each guy had something different to to offer, and um, I think more than anything, it was the drills that yeah. I picked up from those guys um, that really benefited me. Yeah, something I still try to use today, especially when I'm working with other young goalies. That's a great point. It's like not only can you learn, you know, like the technical elements of making saves of like arc play and like the stance and the save movements, but it's drills. It's also um, like mental game stuff, you know, where like, oh, this is how this goalie handled giving up a goal or handled going through a slump. And I kind of learned how to get through that from this guy. And that works for me. It could be leadership. Like this is how this goalie like is a leader, you know, and this is how this goalie is a leader. And I kind of pick different elements and applied that to my game. So um, I love that. Yeah. I, I want to talk about your current style because it's definitely like one of the more unique setups I've ever seen. Um, let me let me share a pic. So like just so we got the video, people can okay. uh, can feel it. Um, yeah. So talk to me about the current setup, like very wide base, right? Like hands pretty high, like stick kind of off to the side. I'd love to hear kind of how you develop this and 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 why it works for you. Yeah, so ultimately, I've come to a spot where I have, you know, I've had conversations where the wide base isn't always the best thing, but, you know, it's worked for me. Um, I like being in a position where I feel like I can ex- can explode low um, and still get high, you know, and when I feel like I'm in that type of, you know, squat position, um, I feel the most explosive. I think it's more of a mental thing where, you know, if someone says, oh, you should, you know, bring your legs in a little bit. Uh, in this situation, I'm, I would say, also, I like having a, um, sorry, this light is going crazy here. <laughs> it's all good. I saw that. That's one, uh, of my, that's one of my pet peeves, man. I hate when those light, those flickering lights get in and at you. Yeah, no, that was that was blinding me. But um, I like being a, a little jumpy a little bit, uh, and I know I think I can kind of be debatable for goal position. I think people like to be, you know, like calm, cool, or whatever. And I like to be a little bit excited to see the next shot. And I think adding the wide band base for myself. Uh, being a little like jumpy with my feet, being on the top of my toes. Ultimately, I just feel like I can get out to out past the pipe 
quicker for myself. Um, mm-hmm. And when I first got here, I, you know, they had me move my stance in a little bit, play a little higher. And that was also to do to offset. They got to make sure when you're, you're doing a wide base like this, um, this isn't the, you know, a hundred percent perfect picture um, of, you know, of what I like to be, but I like how, even though I'm playing a wide base, my stick's still right underneath the bar. Like mm-hmm. I like, yeah, exactly. That's like kind of my main thing. If you're playing low, you should be able to, you still feel like you're covering the rest of the net. Uh, there's different situations where, you know, if you're playing a little bit lower and you're giving up top net and you know that in terms of like a baiting situation, that's a whole different story. But for me specifically, um, I'm not a big guy. I'm tall and pretty lanky. Um, so, you know, I honestly think this kind of gives off a bigger uh, frame than, you know, what I actually have, uh, which can throw the shooter off a little bit. But once again, that's not to say that this is, you know, the right right way to play the position. It's just, like you said, it's really unique and um, something that's worked for me. And uh, there's no point in changing it now. And that's kind of what I thought in, in terms of, you know, talking with guys throughout my college career where, you know, you should bring your legs in a little bit, but, uh, you know, I did that, felt a little uncomfortable. And ultimately I think he kind of revert to, um, you know, your natural habits. Hopefully those are good habits. And, and that's kind of why I like working with younger goalies to, you know, get the basics down, mm-hmm. and, you know, so then you can, you know, ultimately have all of those, uh, good qualities that aren't going to hinder your game. Uh, and then you can kind of mix and match it with, you know, whatever play style you like to play it with. And ultimately mine is, you know, this wider stance, uh, but I still feel pretty tall and big in the situation. Yeah. The wide stance is something I've been chatting with, uh, talking about a lot. Cause I get a lot of questions on it. Cause you know, a lot of, a lot of college guys are using it. I like it. I think though, you do have to have some, some height, um, you know, cause you're like six foot, right? So if you stand up, you're, you know, right, right at the bar. Right. But, and you yeah. see like in the wide base, it really brings you down. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm five, eight. So like, if I did it, like, you know, I, I think I'd be, I wouldn't be able to reach the top. Um, so I, yeah. I wasn't my style. Um, mm-hmm. but out of this stance, then do you, is your save move? Are you stepping lateral? Is that, is that how you make saves? I'm trying to go a little bit, you know, outwards and lateral. I like to, I think something you got to always do is pretend you want, you want to meet the ball. Um, and I don't, I, early on in my career, I, I stepped forward a lot more than I do now, just because you don't have as much time to just, you know, meet the ball in the top of the crease. So I'm definitely a, a more of a lateral guy, but I try to, especially in, in warm ups and practice, you know, get a bit of forward, forwards, um, I don't want to call it a jump, but, um, you know, move laterally, but also kind of going forward at the same time. Yeah. Like kind of just like a 10 degree, 15 degree angle. Um, yeah, exactly. Kind of have it right here. Although this, this, uh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta watch that later. Okay. Um, (laughs) the other thing, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is, so a lot of, a lot of, um, I don't know if they're critics or skeptics, but they say, well, it opens up the five hole, which it does. But to me, like, you know, the the beauty of the wide base stance, especially uh, when the shooter's at like an angle, top left all the way down to the pipe, right, top right all the way down, 
all the way down to GLE, like your feet cover pipe to pipe, right? So anything outside of your frame is off the goal, is, is yeah. not going to, is not going to be on, on cage. And so my, like, what I say is, which would you rather save? Like a shot to your five hole or a shot like outside of your leg off stick low? I think that's a harder save. What, what do you say? Yeah, for, I, I definitely, I think it's, it changes in situations. I know for sure that kids like to, you know, go five hole when they see that that space. But when you're doing this stance, you also have an understanding of what you're giving up. Um, that's not just five hole. It might just be different situations on on pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if guys are getting closer, I, I'll, I'll change my stance up a little bit and play a little higher, especially if it's low pipe shots. Right. Um, so I kind of try to change up what exactly I'm giving. I honestly, I'd say I like, I mean, stick side low sh- shots and off stick low shots, I think are fun saves to, to, you know, to save. Um, I think five hole was something that in my young career, people were, trying to expose more than other shots on the net. Um, I've, I've been playing college across for, for a while now that I have a good understanding of how to play different angles uh, and knowing that I'm giving it up. And I, I'd say that I've gotten, you know, much better at, you know, not giving that up. Uh, I think Navy probably shot there four, three times and they didn't score. Mm-hmm. So I think just being able to be athletic in that stance and know what you're giving up is kind of what ultimately has helped me. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like as a lacrosse goalie, different than an ice hockey goalie, you're even a box lacrosse goalie who's like covering literally the entire goal almost, right? And yeah. and like the the job of the offense is to like sort of make the goalie move to expose a spot on the goal and hit that and hit that spot. Lacrosse goalies, that that's not the case. Like we're giving up. I don't know, like yeah. 60, 70% of the goal. So like, you're always going to yeah. be giving up something. And that's a great point. It's like, know what you're giving up. Um, and so then you can, you know, take it away or at least know that like, all right, they might try and beat me here. Not that I'm going to guess, but like, just, you yeah. know, know, know that that's the case. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask about is, so a lot of goalies, you know, they have a little bit of like, you know, angle in the, in the shaft and in, in the setup. Uh, you got the the straight up and down. Talk to me, almost even like a little bit rotated the other way. Talk to me about you know how that uh, came to be and like you know what what why you like that. I think I have more of a you know my hands there are pretty far apart, and that's something that's been talked about. Um, whether it's bringing in you know that's probably more of a a wider um, grip. Mm, yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah. So I think it's kind of just honestly, I was comfortable with it at an early age and something that I didn't really change up. Um, I don't put tape on my stick just because, you know, I know a lot of people like having perfect situation, like they know where their hand should be. I kind of just, I have tape on the top of my stick just, just for grip reasons, but uh, I purposely don't have anything on the bottom just because I might change up how I hold my stick. Um, in terms of my in terms of my hands, it's typically probably in the same exact area most of the times. But I kind of just, um, you know, I can be a little bit more flexible with that. For in terms of where my hands are situated, I I've kind of I wanted to make sure that more than anything, I I do like having my stick right underneath the bar. Um, that's kind of my one thing, and 
um, not feeling like I'm too flexed up or my hands are too far out. I like being in a, you know, in a comfortable spot with my arms and um, being able to see the ball at the same time. So that's kind of what all added together to make that specific stance. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I think that's kind of it. Um, there's, you know, not any too much rhyme or rhythm to it. Um, I feel comfortable with it. Um, some goalies like to have all their, their hands a little bit more in front of their face, a little more, you know, relaxed. Um, I do have pretty long arms, so I have the ability to bring it back, you know, pretty far left there and, um, and, and then feel comfortable and, you know, still have that ability to, you know, swipe underneath, um, to my off stick, right, you know, and and get there pretty quickly. Um, so that's not been an issue for me. Um, but yeah, I feel comfortable with it. And I think that's kind of what I like to, you know, I kind of recurring theme for, I mean, me as a, a goalie and guess a goalie coach is if you're comfortable with it and it works for you, then I think you should go with it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, talk to me about this move right here. Oh, oh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I like to have fun a little bit in cage and, you know, luckily that video is showing me get it uh, and practice. This would also be a couple of times where I drop it, but uh, I like to just do that and, you know, have fun with it. Uh, you know, if you're, it makes you feel a little more dialed in, I guess. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm, I was like, oh man, I got to go practice that move out there. All right. It's like stick tricks, <laughs> stick tricks for goalies, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, um, you can kind of see it in this video. Uh, there's some other pictures of you doing it really well. You, Tillman Johnson calls it the big eyes, right? Like it's a real yeah. like focus. Like talk to me about that. Um. I think it's, you know, like I said, I'm a big hockey guy. If you watch a lot of hockey goalies, um, you know, Vasilevsky is probably the best in the game, at least top two. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you look up any pictures of him, his eyes are going to pop out of his skull. Like, um, I think that's kind of, I just feel more dialed in with that. And, and during practice, there might be times where, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, I didn't see that oh, there we go. very well. There and we I'm, go. Yeah. And yeah. And I won't, I won't feel like, you know, I may, I didn't see that ball very well. And, and then I'll kind of come to the understanding that, you know, I'm, my eyes are, you know, feel a little bit more sleepy or um, I'm not as locked in. And, and I kind of might attribute that to, to my vision. Um, so, you know, you don't want to blink in cage because if you blink, you know, you don't have that much time. So um, it's kind of something that I just naturally do now. Um, but it's, I personally really like it. Um, I think I, I see the game better. Um, I see the game kind of, you know, unfold a little bit better too, because you're not, you know, looking off to the side, you're, you're fully focused on your job and that's your job to save the ball. Um, so I like it. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you for going through that. That was really cool. Uh, I like to get the yeah. the behind the scenes uh, look the, regarding the eyes thing. Yeah, it totally reminds me of um, the uh, the Bears, the Bear, old Bears linebacker, Mike Singletary, right? Like, you know, gets up to the line. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like, get the, yeah. got the big guys going. So, uh, well, cool. Um, all right. Um, very cool. Where do we go now? Who, who, uh, <laughs> who, who did you grow up watching? What specific goalies? You mentioned going to that Loyola camp. 
Charlie Toomey, I guess he's a goalie. He was he was running that camp. Were there like college guys or pro guys back when you were growing up that that you watched and learned from? Um, I think Runkle was was at that. Runkle, at that yeah, camp. Coach yeah, Runkle, yeah, yeah, he was at that camp. Um, I thought he was super cool. Um, I still think he's super have, cool. By the way, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't, we definitely don't have. I feel like similarities in our game, but it's kind of just. I think for me, finding guys that I thought were really, you know, were, were cool, uh, you know, guys that kind of dominated the sport, played really well. And um, that's kind of a mindset type thing. Um, I liked watching Nico Amato. Um, mm. He was, you know, a stud in cage for Maryland. Um, but in terms of, uh, I also love watching the Notre Dame goalies. Shane Doss was, um, mm-hmm. he was, he was awesome. Um I don't really model my game off of anyone. Like I said, I kind of more of like a flexible um, play style. I say if I, you know, were to pick two guys that I I, I do like to watch was, you know, Drew Adams. Uh, I love Drew Adams. He's uh, all-time great. Uh, and Kyle Burnlore, I like watching his game. The lefties. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, those two guys are probably the top two guys on my list in terms of guys I respect and, you know, like to try to like pick up things from them. Uh, growing up, I I'd say I kind of just I just liked how they kind of commanded you know the game. Um, I think modeling my game off of just confidence is kind of something I like to do, and mm. um, it's hard to pick that up in game film from other goalies, other than the fact that they're just you know you feel like you they got some swagger going. Yeah, especially if they're seeing the ball, um, and then. Brian Feeney, he was a summit goalie, went to Penn. Um, so I grew up my whole life watching him play. He was 09. I'm not sure if he graduated in 09 from some from Summit High School. Um he was my like he was if you're you can, can consider him like an idol, that would be my guy. Uh, you know, he was, you know, a summit lacrosse legend. Um so, and I ended up ultimately, you know, building a relationship with him. So that was probably my guy. Um, I wouldn't say, once again, I don't think I necessarily picked up a ton of, you know, I didn't try to model my game after him. I think I tried to just be like him more than, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he, once again, another lefty goalie. Uh, but yeah, I think those are my my three guys. Where he and Brian Feeney wore number nine, so um, he's the reason I wore nine in high school. And then uh, also my old one of my older coaches, Pete Cordray, who played at Princeton, he wore nine. That's kind of my nine origin story. To, to <laughs> throw, that in, throw that in there. All right, cool. I like it. I got to add that question to the list. Why'd you pick the number that you did? That's actually a really yeah. good question. Um, I yeah. thought I saw a number of you of you with number 30, though. Is that is that not is that not a thing? Yeah, that was my freshman and sophomore number. Because um, that was I my number. That, that was number. my number. So I was actually going to ask oh, you really? about that. No, 30. 30 was my number. Yeah. So, yeah, I, they, they give you a list of numbers to choose from in college when you first got there, at least for at Villanova. And um I put three numbers down. Surprisingly, 30 actually wasn't that one. I had I wanted to do 31 because it was a family number. And yeah, I had some other two two funky numbers um in there. So I thought they might be fun. But <laughs> you know, I, I ended up with 30. I, you know, I felt 
fully know what if I I didn't if I had a typo or something like that but um that's kind of that one wasn't as fun in terms of but I was excited to have it because you know Christian Cuccinella had it right before me um you know another guy I consider consider a Villanova um great so you know you felt it felt good to be in you know strong number there you that's, go and that's one way to put it yeah i love it talk to me about your uh recruiting process uh, i'd love to hear kind of the story of how that how that went down um and and what was it specifically about uh villanova that you really loved yeah so i'd say you know obviously it's a different age a uh, different time right now in the recruiting process um i was getting recruited in you know eighth grade like most of the kids in my class which you don't know what you're doing you don't you like I think I based my college career choices off school colors more than you know academics or <laughs> or what I wanted um and that's something that you know my dad was really good at you know teaching me and telling me that you can't just you know talk to a coach and you know be like oh that's sweet I want to do that um but in terms of, you know, getting those connections and ultimately getting to talk to those coaches was I attribute my success a lot to um, my club team. Um, Chris Roy at Leading Edge was, was you know, awesome. He's, um, you know, some of the tournaments that they put you in front of, I think there was times where we would, I would do like 12, 13 tournaments a summer. And I was like, I can't do this if I want to still be, you know, well, if I still want to love the sport, uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. And ultimately the next summer I, I was like, I can't like, cause I was doing leading edge and I was doing summit futures because I wanted to, you know, play with my high school club team and, you know, be in front of my head coach. Cause I wanted to get, you know, some, some good um, time in front of him. And then you're doing your other things where it might be showcases. So add all those up, I'm playing 13 tournaments and, it's not easy to, you're not going to cut out the, the the high school one because for at summit, it's kind of an, almost a non-negotiable. Right. If, and then, and then you look at club and there's, you're going to seven tournaments and four of them are, are really, really good. And then three of them are more, it seems like more of a, unfortunately for, in terms of the way I look at it, more of like a, a money grab. Um, so yeah. I thought, you know, I didn't really want to be in what, you know, who are you to like, you know, make that call as, as a, as a high school, young high school kid. Um, so it's difficult. Um, I think sometimes you might have to suck it up and, and go to all those tournaments to get to the good ones. Um, I think leading edge got really good at picking uh, what tournaments to go to, what tournaments not to go to. They kind of understood that, you know, towards the end of the year, kids didn't want to be there because for me, I was hurt after uh, I missed the Under Armour um, underclass games because I got hurt in the tournament before. And I was the whole summer, I was looking forward to that one and I couldn't I do it. So yeah. I kind of fully changed my perspective on, you know, the tournament life and going to ones that, you know, were going to be beneficial for you. Um, so I guess advice for, you know, young boys is it's finding a, a spot that, you know, best fits you. 
uh, if that's what's your time schedule. Because yeah. if you're doing something too much and you're losing a love for it, then you know it's not worth it. Um, and then trying to get in, in front of you know the there's different levels to the recruiting process, and uh, I'd say talking to Coach Jim Davidson at Summit, he introduced me to a couple guys. Then going to my club and talking to Chris Roy, and he has this like connection, which is just absurd. Like finding, you know, a specific guy that can kind of be a mentor. And ultimately that's probably your coach as well was something that was super, super beneficial for me. Um, and it was a great position for me. And, and I honestly, I stepped out on a, on a bit of a ledge because Corey um, McManus and myself, we're, we're both summit guys, both went to Villanova. Um, at Summit, it's more of a, you do Summit Futures, um, you play with your high school team, and then that's kind of it. Playing for a club team was, you know, not, when at least I was growing up, wasn't as big of a thing. And it was kind of, almost seemed like it was a bit discouraged just because you didn't want to be missing um, tournaments to be playing at the club team. And Corey ended up doing Leading Edge. And I think kind of from, it seemed like uh, he kind of put himself out there and I kind of followed him right after. And uh, I was definitely a bit nervous making that decision. And I, looking back on it, I would make that decision 10 times out of 10. Mm. So I, I think just being comfortable and making hard decisions, especially if it's going to benefit getting in front of other coaches is, is something that, you know, young goalies should to do. Yeah. I, um, a couple comments on that. So there's, I have a Facebook group that's filled with like tons of, um, parents and I love it. Cause like they, they have these, they're like a resource that I don't have. Like, I don't know every single club program and every single showcase and every single thing. And, and everyone asks me that, right. Because, yeah. you know, like I, I'm a good goalie resource and I'm like, go ask that in the Facebook group. And a lot of times parents will say, yeah, like, oh, that showcase money grab, like horrible mm -hmm. event, like 500 bucks down the drain. Yeah. Right. So totally. I think that, you know, doing that research, uh, of what tournaments and what showcases and that you're going to go to, um, is, is something that you can do real easy. So that's first comment I want to make. Second is a question to you. What do you think is the sweet spot for tournaments for an eighth grader or that, that age? Cause you said I did 14 tournaments and that's literally every single weekend, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're playing four games a day. What, what do you yeah. think is the sweet spot? Cause I do think you need some, you need some rest. You need, you need a break every once in a while. I'd say like seven, seven to eight. I think yeah. you don't, you, you want those reps. Um, and you know, you might have a tournament that's not your best and you don't want to just be relying on one tournament to, you know, be a stud that day. Right. Uh, I think you want some, some more versatility and, um, you also want to play different teams, so you can't just expect to play every team in one tournament. Um, you know, different coaches are going to want to go see West Coast kids um, on one weekend, and they're going to want to see a bunch of Maryland kids on one other weekend. So I'd say finding a nice balance of, you know, not sticking in one geographical location is, is probably the biggest thing. Um, having a team that travels, um, if you travel well, typically um, other coaches would too. Um, have another light issue here but, um, <laughs> so so yeah, yeah eight tournaments eight tournaments eight tournaments. i love it yeah and then like you yeah. said you're, you're always not going to play well uh different coaches might be at different events 
but yeah, I mean, playing every single weekend is a recipe for burnout and you're, you're not going to love the game, right? You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt even like, 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 you know, overworked or, or just, you know, lacrosse goalies take a thumping, uh, on the shins, thighs, bruises. Right. Um, cool. So what was it for you about Villanova? Uh, it was the colors. You got that, you got that, you got that light blue and the dark blue. It's a nice colors, huh? Yeah, it worked out. Um, the colors ended up, you know, just being an added package to it. But um, for Villanova, I, there was a lot of things. Um, it's an hour, 45 minutes away from my house. You know, I have enough distance to get away. But at the same time, I got, you know, my parents are at every game with with, with ease. Uh, it's, it's nice. Um, a lot of familiar faces. Um, New Jersey is especially Summit. Um and you know Del Barden's close to Summit. It's a hot, hot, it's a hot spot to you know produce Villanova kids. So mm-hmm. um, I remember going on my visit, uh, and just you know you're walking around campus and you're just you're seeing so many people you know. Um, I think the transition for me was really really easy. Uh, you know, there's definitely some, you know, it's not going to be a super smooth, but. It made it made sense for me. Uh, and then talking with different coaches, um, Coach Corrado is one of the best in the business. Um, he's first the most personal personal guy. Um, he's you know he's just a great guy. Uh, there's no other way to put it. And that goes with you know all of our other coaches. Um, you know, Coach Connor is great. Uh, Coach Miller, our defensive coordinator, he wasn't in the recruiting process when I was there, but been fortunate enough to, you know, freshman year he was there and uh, he's awesome. And then um, Coach Karpinski, who was the goalie coach, wow, he's now at Drexel. Just, you know, having those guys reach out to you and uh, making an effort to, you know, make you feel wanted was something that was really nice for me too. Um, I think that goes a long way. And, Villanova just felt right. Wow. I think that's the best way to put it for me. There's other schools I went to and, you know, you get different feelings, you get different perspectives on, you know, what the, your situation might be there. Um, and, you know, like you look at a school like Syracuse, when I was growing up, there was 10 goalies there. And I was like, I don't, it was probably like six or to eight, but still like, I like to be in a situation where, um, you feel like you're you can you can compete and if you work hard and, and you ultimately you know say that you you show that you're you know the best that position that you'll you'll get playing time and that's not a who knows I could have easily done that somewhere else too but uh, I think just overall grand scheme of things you know Villanova was just it felt right for me as a person yeah love it uh well you're back for your fifth year uh fifth and final we got we got more we got more in the tank now fifth and final. Okay. All right. Well, let's do yeah. it. Well, we're recording this on on uh on March 23rd. You guys are rolling. Seven, seven and one uh wins over over Penn State, Delaware, Penn. Like I said, you just beat Navy. Uh way to go, man. Way to go. Keep it up. Keep yeah. it up. Let's go. Thank you. Um, talk to me about if you could just uh you know, what does a like a, a week of practice look for you guys at, at kind of like a like a I don't know, high high level. Um, it's pretty similar. I mean, we got days where, you know, after a game, we'll typically have some sort of rest period. Um, like after an AV, we, you know, we 
they let us take the day to the next day to you know relax get off our feet um but typically it's a a rest day um to a more of a a workout day and watching film for the next um trying to flush your body make yourself feel good um our strength coach sean doherty is the best um he knows how how our guys are feeling all the time and then i'd say just going into practice it's it's you know you go through similar things it's more of um uh i'd say you kind of you know feel like you you pick the stick up again if uh, you, you try to move around um nothing too crazy you get some team drills going whether it's just you know box drill something quick and easy um and then later in the week you're doing more stuff that's you know you're not doing super high competition you're not putting you're not doing like box drill you're not doing pb drills gb build up into shots um you're doing more team o team d stuff where you know you're walking through sets you're mm-hmm. figuring out the team's tendencies um what they're running uh and then you also have a more focus on specifics in film. You know, we're watching film throughout the week, but uh, I'd say it's more of a, you know, there's certain days have certain, you know, specifics, whether you're watching EMO, 6v6, personnel. Um, so it's, I've gone into a routine where, you know, you you go like, I know what's what I'm going to get today, which is really nice. Um, the practice plan hasn't even come out yet, so um that's probably all I'm also a fifth year. I mean, I've been here for a while, so I'm happy. Yeah, that right? I know what's going on. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was going to ask you, how much do you rely on film? So you guys are playing Brown on Monday, right? Like, is it like, are you just watching their sets? Like, you know what they like to run and, and, you know, six V six and, and man up, or do you yeah. like at that, are, are you like at the point of film where you're like 27 likes to shoot like this? Like how, how, how into it do you get? Yeah, um, we do sets um, to start with. We do all their sets to figure out, you know, you know, they're going to throw stuff differently at us and we know that. Um, and then we have a focus on, you know, tendencies. And, you know, I don't rely on that, but it's nice to see what guys do because, you know, you're not going to, the goalie, you're not going to guess ever. But, you know, if you're watching, um, and, and it's good for the, it's good for the defense too because you watch a guy like, I guess you could say like Sam Hanley and like, you know, that he's going to try to bully dodge you and he's going to get his and he's a great player, but there's certain ways to, that he's, you know, had some errors in his game. And, you know, that's because he's holding the ball all the time. And, you know, that's what great players do, but yeah. there's, there's other ways to combat some of his, you know, really good plays. And, and I guess watching film is, especially if you can talk to your defenders and be like, Hey, like, his shot's not as great when he's doing this or, you know, mm, yeah, right. making, he's not even, he's not going to shoot if he's doing this. So um, kind of being on the same level as a defense is, you know, that's kind of how I feel most comfortable. If you can you know, talk to your guys and put other, t- other teams in situations they don't want to be in, but right. um, yeah, I, I like, per- I like watching personnel, but I don't want to get, I don't, I don't try to overthink it too much. Yeah, I love it. That's a really good point about like if you see something when you're watching the tape of like, you know, maybe he's a lefty and like he when he's shooting down the right out, like he's only setting up his left, right? He's only setting up yeah. his left. And and you're like, all right, hey, tell your defender like, hey, when he does that, like, don't bite. Right. Because he's always yeah. just trying to kind of get back to his left. Um, exactly. 
I'm speaking very specifically of a teammate that I have that I think took like one righty shot in the entire four years of uh, of his college yeah. career, and he would only drive right to set to set mm-hmm. up his left. And I'm like, man, the scouting report ever got out on this guy? Like, <laughs> they can shut him down so yeah. easily. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of guys like that. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that. Um, well, cool. Uh, thanks, Will, for coming on the show. Uh, let, let's let's talk real quick about the mental game, uh, if we could. Huge, huge element of um, mm-hmm. of being a great goalie. What are some mental lessons that that you've learned along the way that you think really help you in goal? I like doing, you know, eye eye stuff before the game. I like, you know, working with my watching. Like I like doing wall ball with my hands, watching. Um, watching the ball into, you know, off the wall into my hand, um, you know, trying to process stuff pretty slowly, uh, you know, trying to slow down the game, um, thinking about shots, thinking about situations um, before the game as well is, is something that's helped me a lot. Um, and just, you know, not getting too down on yourself ever. Uh, I think, you know, the position is you're going to get scored on. Um, and that's, you know, the nature of the game. So it's, you got to take everything with a grain of, you know, grain of salt. Um, and I'd say just being able to reset yourself. Um, you know, there's certain ways to stay locked in in a game. And I think finding what that is for you is, is really important. I've come to understand that myself where I like to stay a little bit up. I like to, you know, keep loose, um, feel a little bit, you know, What's the, I'm not sure what the, what, right, what the right word would be, but almost like a, a nice, like, whenever you get like the chills, like, I kind of like that. Like whenever I get like the chills going and I can keep it at a maintain a, you know, like a low level, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm, I'm the most ready. Um, and when I feel that, you know, it kind of reassures in my brain where I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm dialed, like I'm ready to go. Um, so I think just figure out what that is for you. Um, some goalies like might, might might like to play more calm, but for me, um, I think I just once again I I think my I think it's changed throughout my college career um, a little bit. And, but once you figure out what's working for you for that season, um, I would write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you might have an off season, and you come back, and you're like. Oh, what was I doing that's so differently? Um, you might try to watch film and you see like, oh, I'm doing this position. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same position as I was last time, but I'm not making the saves I was making last year. And I think that comes down to a mental thing and being able to look on your phone, look at your notes and be like, all right, like I was in this exact position, writing this down when I was making these saves. So yeah. you can kind of, you know, get back into that mindset. It, it really helps me. So I think it'd probably help other people as well. All right. So much good stuff there. So much good stuff. Um, so, so the, the hand eye at the beginning, you know, just helps you get locked in not only like, you know, with your vision, which is more of a, you know, physical thing, but it's just mentally, right. Like I'm just seeing the ball and getting in the right, the right mindset. Uh, that, that was cool. Um, uh, what else did you say? Yeah. So I a hundred percent agree too, because there's a lot of goalies that come on and they're like, I'm an even keel guy. I'm an even keel guy. Like something great happens something bad happens. Right. And that to me is not, was not me. was not me. Something great happens. Like I feed off that energy. I go for it. Like, you know what I mean? Because I knew that doing that would not make me go lower when something bad happened. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's a, but you know, if you're an even kill guy, great. 
that that works yeah. for you great do it exactly love that but yeah that was not me yeah cool i, I, I definitely feed off energy but i don't you know you don't want to try don't get too high and don't get too low um so i whenever you, I mean, you're going to get scored on i think it's those are the type of things you, you move on to the next one and um i think also once again the, the hockey thing i like to i like to throw the you know get a water bottle throw throw a, a squirt of water up in there and you know follow one water droplet down and that's like a Braden Holtby thing every th- every time he after he got scored on in, in hockey he would do that um that's something I like to do and and I don't do it necessarily after every time I get scored on but it's uh, another way I like to you know get mentally focused uh might look a little silly in cage but whatever works for you works for you I love that who was it Braden Braden Holtby yeah for the right. Washington Capitals. Yeah, I'll have to look this guy. Oh, little mountain man. Got, got a nice, nice yeah. beard going there, huh? All right. Yeah. All right. I'll check that out. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, squirt up one, watch it fall down. Love it. Yeah. Uh, well, Will, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I typically ask about the stick setup, but I, we saw you got the STX Eclipse 2 going on. Do you string your own heads or you got someone do it? Um, luckily, Tucker Goodell on our team is he's he's my guy. Um, so I wouldn't, I don't know what I would do without him. And I struggled, <laughs> I struggled to find a stick. I went through so many trying to find the right setup. I think I had that set up junior year and I finally found out that that's what I liked. I moved. So uh, in terms of heads or like just the stringing and the mesh and the just pocket. The strings. Yeah. 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 So a head stayed the same, um, but everything else changed. The shaft even changed when I was younger, but that was, something that probably lasted for two weeks and I went back to the attack shaft, but yeah, I struggled throwing the ball a little bit when I was younger and not making accurate passes. And, um, so finding that right stick was huge for me and I cycled through them. Uh, and I tried to find what worked for me. And I, at one point I thought it may be me, but, um, <laughs> I'm a stick that worked for me and, you know, I'm not changing it. And hopefully Tucker is close by whenever I need him. There you go. Uh, when the, when the new uh, STX Eclipse comes out, are you going to switch or are you, you going to stay with what you got? I'll say what I got for for now, but yeah, um, I was an I was a original Eclipse guy before, so same here. I'm not I'm not too uh, not too fussed with you know if it's the same type of stick. I'm not going to go to you know completely change it up, but if it's just you know increased support in terms of you know if it's going to help me save the ball, then. Yeah, I'm taking it. All right. Well, good luck in the rest of the season, my man. Thank you so much uh, for coming on, sharing your experience and a bunch of tips along the way. Um, if you had to leave the goalies with the with a final piece of advice, what would that be? I would just say just have fun. Uh, you know, you're not gonna don't don't overthink everything. Don't worry about um, the stuff you can't control. I'd say just worry about yourself um, and have fun with it. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to like going to college if you can play in the position, if you made it not so fun growing up. So I'd just say, stay loose, find out what works best for you. And the rest will take care of it. It will take care of uh, itself. Have fun and work on the uh, behind the back catching of the, uh, of the rebounds. Yeah, exactly. That's a necessary trait. Necessary. (laughs) Will go get a man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Damon. I appreciate it. So there you have it. 
Hope you enjoyed that episode. That was Will Vuitton from Villanova. Just finished out his collegiate career. A lot of accolades, including, like I said at the beginning of the show, the most or the most winningest goalie in Villanova history. Uh, awesome stuff. And such a unique stance. Gives me those Kip Turner vibes. Uh, it was really cool that he was willing to uh, go into such depth on his gameplay and answer all those awesome questions. Hope you enjoyed that show. We'll be back again next week with another one. Inside the Lax Goalie Rat Training Academy, we just launched a four-week hip training program. Four-week hip training program. Look, I like to train chest and back as much as the next gym bro, but what I've learned about the physicality of the lacrosse goalie position is that the most important thing you can train is hips. So much of your speed and your power and your explosion, it comes from the hips. And rarely, uh, especially as men, males, do we train those hips. And uh, inside that program, we're going to be working four weeks, four exercises per week, just quick ones, quick fun ones, 10 to 15 minutes per session. And uh, you get strength, you get mobility, you get endurance all in the hip muscles and also range of movement, and that's going to translate into what we want as lacrosse goalies, and that's saves. So head on over to the Lax Goalie Rat Academy, laxgoalierat.com slash camp. If you are a member of the Academy, which is just 40 bucks a month, just 40 bucks a month, cancel anytime, get in for a month, do all the training, and then cancel for just 40 bucks, laxgoalierat.com slash camp, and I hope to see you in there. In the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.